the last time we met, we considered the first seven words of Matthew 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. Today we will take the natural follow-up, the first seven words of the next passage, 5.14 from Matthew, you are the light of the world. The entire context goes like this. You are the light of the world. A city located on a hill cannot be hidden. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine in people's presence so they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. A light basically has one function, to dispel darkness. It doesn't matter how thick the darkness, when the light goes on, the darkness can no longer remain. That is, if the light is not limited in any way. The light should be placed up somewhere prominent, neither should it be hidden in any way. It won't dispel the darkness if it's not allowed to shine. It's necessary to realize that it is not our light that we project. We're not the sun. We're more the moon that reflects the light of the sun. Our light is our love for the gospel and for Jesus Christ. A love that through his spirit he enabled us to have. We are to let that light shine through us. Let your light shine So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Light has three features for our consideration. First, light is silent. No big noise, no big splash, no banners, no trumpets hailing its arrival. Like a lighthouse along a rugged coast, light is a quiet, steady guiding influence. Secondly, light gives direction. There doesn't have to be a big litany of words, no lecture needed to give direction. Jesus says that it's important that others see our actions, even if we say nothing. I'm remembering uh, about 38 years ago, I was, uh, I was on a softball team, some summer rec league team, and after the season, at the team party, I was milling around with, with a half dozen guys. And one of them pointed at me and said, you know, you're the one player that never swore. You never said a curse word even once. Why not? And well, he opened the door, so I walked right through it. And I, I replied, out of love for my Savior. One of my teammates rolled his eyes and walked away. A couple others nodded and smiled politely. But one man stayed back back with me and hung around. And and he asked me privately. um, He wanted to know more about my Savior. The point is, you really never know when these opportunities come along. And you do get noticed. Sometimes, whether you say nothing at all or... Or not. Uh, Thirdly, light attracts attention. If you're the Christian on your local rec league team, 
or part of a Christian family in your neighborhood, you are a light in the darkness. If you're a Christian nurse on a hospital floor or flipping burgers in a fast food joint, you are a light in the darkness. We live in a world where it's popular to purposely bring attention on yourself. We see athletes on TV who care more for the name on the back of their jersey than on the front. Guys who are constantly putting their brand out there, saying to everybody, hey, look at me. And there are tons of YouTubes these days of people bringing attention upon themselves, pushing their brand. But when we look at Christ, we see a different example, a different kind of person. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Recently, I was talking to somebody I care a lot about. She's getting up there in years, and so naturally she's reflecting back on her life. And we were talking about heaven, and she admitted, I don't know if I've done enough to get to heaven. And this is a real fear for some, because, well, especially this time of year, we hear about the judgment and how there's going to come a time when we have to give an account to God. As Prof. Nauman said last Friday, Jesus wants his talents back with interest. If this is all people get, it's daunting indeed. But then Prof. Nauman went on to put in the proper context of the gospel, reminding us that we are redeemed, restored, and forgiven. You might recall that just the day before, Prof. Weiss had also focused on those same three words, redeemed, restored, and forgiven. Another way to look at that whole giving account to the supreme judge of the world is the picture of the courtroom with our lawyer present. Jesus, our advocate, speaking on our behalf. He tells the judge that his own sacrifice on the cross pays for our sins completely. Because we are washed clean by his blood, we are truly redeemed, restored, and forgiven. So many people get the order wrong. They see that being a light is something that we have to do in order to earn some favor with God somehow. Something, some think that we have to meet him halfway or prove our faithfulness or to somehow earn our salvation. Of all the non-starters in the world, this must be king. I mean, because there's nothing you can do to contribute to your salvation. Nothing. Not even a little bit. But you know, it's actually a good thing to realize this. Because, because God is my salvation, I can just leave it all to Him. And I can trust and not be afraid. We are saved already. We've been baptized into our faith. Our names are written in the book of life. And with that knowledge, we go out and we shed light 
in a sin-darkened world. We live a Christian life in word and deed. We show empathy to others. We exhibit the nine fruits of faith. We might even go on a mission helper trip, like this one in Zambia. But we do these things knowing that we've already been redeemed, restored, and forgiven. And we're just sharing what we know with others. We are the lights in the darkness. Salt and light. That's what Jesus calls us. In each case, he gives us the affirmative. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. But each one is followed by a condition. The salt must retain its saltiness. Otherwise, it's not worth anything. And the light must not be covered up. It must be allowed to shine. One last thought. It's about this thing with GPS. No, not global positioning system, but God's positioning system. Right now, God has all of us, professors, staff, students, all of us, at this time in world history, right here at ILC. And there's a reason for that. Consider Consider how God can use you in this sin-darkened world as a precious light. Consider how God can use you to reflect His light so that others can come to know their Savior. And in the end, may God receive all the glory. Amen. We close with the hymn stanzas on the screen. For those of you listening at home, it is... The first two stanzas of hymn 505. Oh, 